Tales from Azeroth. As always here at the Pig and Whistle Inn in Stormwind, I chat for a variety of subjects with regards to World of Warcraft. This can be from WoW Classic to normal retail WoW, from WoW Lore to anything that I've done in game. So grab a bottle or a pint, sit back and enjoy. Today's subject, we're going to be carrying on from last week, but it's going to be a couple zones this week. It's going to be the lore behind both Maldraxxus and the lore. Or <laughs> it's going to be the law behind the law. It's going to be the law behind Maldraxxus and the Moor. There you go. It's mainly because um, most, or these two don't necessarily have enough law behind them as a standalone podcast. So I'm sort of throwing them together as they kind of represent the same sort of idea. I mean, Shadowlands is all about representing death and uh, the various ways in which death can be seen. But these two scream to me in a way in terms of the same aesthetics used within game. It's a bit more darker, it's a bit more sort of gothic, that sort of thing. So, without further ado, we'll start with the Maldraxxus side, because that is the side that is actually questing, or like you quest through in the game. That is not the max level zone, unlike the more. So, what is Maldraxxus? Maldraxxus is basically... The army of the Shadowlands. So, like, everyone's got an army. You had uh, the Burning Legion, who had the demons as their army. You had Argus as their home. And Maldraxxus is the the army, and pretty much the Shadowlands is their home. They are there to protect the Shadowlands. And these are where the most sort of courageous, the most brave, the most I-will-die-with-honour sort of characters go. They are put into Maldraxxus and sorted into five separate houses, which we will um, get to in a second. It's almost like Harry Potter getting separated into houses. But they have their own mini sort of game where it is like, yeah, you're going to Maldraxxus, uh, but now where are you going? Which house are you going to? It's that sort of thing. Now, there are many different traits that can land you in each different house, but the five different houses are the House of the Chosen, House of the Eyes, House of the Plagues, House of the Constructs, and House of the Rituals. Now, the House of the Rituals, we'll start with that one because that's kind of the easiest. It's uh, basically where all the necromancy stuff comes from. That's where necromancy... Necromancer magic? Yeah, that's where necromancers get their power. I was just trying to figure out the words in my head. That's where necromancers from Azeroth, when we fight anything that is undead, anything to do with, like, um, the Scourge, the undead necromancers, that is where they draw their power from. They actually draw it from Maldraxxus, and they draw it from the House of Rituals, which is quite cool. Now, there are many different, like, people that you'd notice here. There are obviously, like, necromancers. There are liches in the House of Rituals and stuff like that. So there are very common skeletons that we've seen throughout Azeroth. We've killed a few liches in the past. Uh, We've killed loads of necromancers, more than we want to count. So we're kind of familiar with these, and it's nice and and easy. It's kind of familiar territory in this world of new. You have the House of Plagues. 
Now, in the House of Plagues, or in-game, lore-wise, the House of Plagues has been destroyed. And, uh, I mean, it's kind of a self-destruction. If you're, like, playing around with some plague, you're bound to, you know, fuck some shit up every now and again. You're bound to blow up something, and that is inevitably what happened. They sort of combusted, almost. So they they kind of wipe themselves out. They blow up everything that they had. And that is why Plagueful was a dungeon, because we're going there to basically clean up what has happened and to stop the plague sort of getting out of hand and it's spreading. Now, the House of Constructs is uh, kind of, again, familiar territory. It's loads of abominations. It's where you stitch things together. It's where you take body parts from one, like, being another and put them together to make another, like, big abomination and a being it's it's something we'll say that now this is where you will actually have your specific covenant um like sanctum because the covenant sanctum for maldraxxus is uh, you make your own abomination it is your builder bear and you basically like stitch all your abominations together you put a heart in it you make it chubby, you make it slim, and he basically escorts you around. It's quite cool. It's quite a cool little um, sanctum feature. So you use the House of Constructs, but the way you get into the House of Constructs is told through the Kyrian storyline, as we find out or have found out this week because of the renown and being able to unlock that certain Covenant campaign. I'm not going to go into spoilers for that. Because if you want to do that yourself, that is all your choice. But we understand how we get access to the constructs, like, through the Kyrian campaign, pretty much. Now, the other two houses, and the one that is probably the best to talk about first, is the House of Eyes. Now, the House of Eyes are where your spies go. So, really good spies, and... uh, semi-warriors so rogues are really good at this this is the house for rogues pretty much you don't want to like let any of these guys sneak about and find your secrets but in game the house of eyes before we even get to maldraxxus has been destroyed they have been sabotaged from the other houses in game which is the house of rituals and the house of constructs who are as we know from shadowlands in uh, favour with the Jailer, who is the big baddie of this expansion, pretty much. So, the House of Rituals and Constructs have taken down the House of Eyes, therefore there's leaving four houses left. And uh, with the House of Eyes eliminated, the chance of uh, the other houses uh, having their secrets stolen is severely reduced, hence why they targeted that specific house. Now, another, the last house that we'll... I look at is the House of the Chosen. Now, House of the Chosen are your big brutes. Like, these are the best of the best sort of warriors. And uh, basically, they will take on all of the houses with their warriors alone. I mean, it's not going to be pretty and you're going to be outnumbered, but these warriors will die taking down about 5,500 others. Like, they are real big. It's like... uh, a comparison would be the mountain from Game of Thrones fighting a, what, a teenage boy 
like 15 year old boy or something i don't know like it's that sort of thing you take so many people to sort of swarm them and uh, like defeat them now in game we go through all of our questing in maldraxxus and uh, you learn what the house of the chosen is all about you try and fight back against the house of rituals house of constructs and everything but you inevitably and this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler so please avert your ears if you don't want to hear it but you do fail to an extent the baron of the house of the chosen so each house has a baron to represent the house so your the baron of the house of the chosen is killed from the inside so there was a spy there was a, a mole in the house of the chosen and you basically kind of lose Maldrax's storyline like you realize that you've lost and you have to sort of retreat and report back as to what's happened and everything and that's not something that you've really seen before in well WoW. you don't actually lose and have to just retreat many times it's always like yeah we'll sort it out yeah i've done it don't worry about it yeah i've killed everything in the zone yeah whatever so it's quite refreshing to actually lose and have to like come back and like push them back almost so you've got these f- or there were five houses two of them are evil two of them were good one self-destructed and the two that are good are basically gone they are now Let's take a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation which could be House Flipper and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Ah, uh, they. I forgot the word. Dissolved. Yeah, dissolved. That's the word. That's the word. So. You have uh, the people from House of the Chosen who you trust, which is the people that you are questing with, now are in the seat of the Primus, pretty much. And this is where the Primus of Maldraxxus would reside. And uh, within each of the Shadowlands, you had a different leader. So for Bastion, you had uh, the firstborn Kyrian, which is called the Archon. In Maldraxxus, you had the Primus. In Ardenwild, you had the Winter Queen. And in uh, Revendreth, you had the Sire, which is uh, Sire Denathrius. Now, uh, each four of these uh, each represent their own like, zone. So Maldraxxus, uh, Ardenwild, etc. Now, what you find out during the questing is that the Primus has been missing for a while, and this is what has caused all of the fighting and the civil war happening within Maldraxxus. And that is why you are in the seat of the Primus, to sort of make it make it your home. And that is where you're going to reside with the people who are fighting for the Shadowlands rather than against it. 
So you've kind of made you're kind of making your own house in a way. It is called the Necro Lords, so we'll just call it House of Necro Lords for now. But it's quite a good storyline in all honesty. I don't do it justice here whatsoever. It's very chaotic. Compared to coming from Bastion, which is nice, tranquil, you know, nice bright colours, the first thing that you're doing or the first thing that you're doing in Maldraxxus is getting thrown into an arena. That is literally the first thing. You get thrown into an arena and have to beat the combatant combatants in that arena, which is really fun. Now, as for the Primus missing, he is a big part of what is to come in WoW, I would believe. Because with the Shadowlands being as it is, you have the four zones and then you have the Moor. And uh, the jailer is the one who resides within the moor. And the people who put in there are the four leaders of their zone. So the Winter Queen, the Archon, the Sire and the Primus. Now, with the Primus missing, that leaves three. That leaves three potential people to fight back against this darkness and help you push him back. So I would have thought that they have a lot of plans for the Primus in the future and to see what might might have happened to him or what might happen like just to WoW in general with like going forward in Maldraxxus. Will there be a new Primus? Would there be nothing? Would there be like a council sort of thing, etc. So that leads on to the Moor. So the Jailer is the one that runs the Moor. He was put there by the four people in their zones, I just mentioned that, and his name is Zoval, Z- I think I'm pronouncing it right, Zoval, now he was put there because he was treacherous and he betrayed what they will stand for, now we find out during questing or we just know that the machine of death was broken and what do I mean by that, basically in Legion, in the expansion Legion, the machine of death, so when people die, there was a certain regime to go through. So if someone dies, they get brought to the Archon. No, not the Archon, sorry. If someone dies, they get brought to the Arbiter from a Ascended, which is one of the Kyrians. And then from there, the Arbiter will distribute the soul to where they want to go. Not where they want to go, where they should go so would it be Revendreth because they've done a lot of misdeeds in their life would it be Maldraxxus because they're like a fighter they fight with honor would it be Ardenwood because they were very in touch with nature would it be Bastion to ferry the souls and uh, lead a more because they led a more righteous life etc so that is the machine of death the arbiter would pick where you're going and you would fulfill your duty within that zone and uh, with this machine death being broken, every single soul went down into the moor. And this isn't this isn't meant to happen pretty much. So a quick rundown of the zones is Bastion, if you're righteous, Ardenwild if you are very in touch with nature, like I said, Maldraxxus if you're a fighter, Revendreth if you're quite a damned soul. Now Revendreth and the Moor are very close but there are certain differences so 
every soul will go to Revendreth. I do not believe that every any soul will go straight to the moor. So, if you were the worst person on Azeroth, whatever, you would go to Revendreth, and you would atone for your sins. Now, after eons and eons, if you had not atoned for your sins, there would be judgment passed on you if you were to get sent to the moor, or if you were to be like be redeemed, become a vent there, or you go back before the Arbiter and be placed somewhere else. Now, this is where the Moor got fed some of its souls. It was very rare that it got fed any souls at all. Now, with the, the Machine of Death being broken, everything is flooded into the Moor and giving the Moor more power. Because what souls have is anima. This is the main thing that runs the Shadowlands, anima. Now, every soul going into the Moor is giving the more, more and more, <laughs> that just sounds ridiculous, is giving it more anima, yeah? Oh my god, I don't know which more I'm saying at this point, but it's causing a drought within the other, like, covenants and the other zones, and it's becoming powerful, more powerful, like, by the day, and this is allowing the Jailer to break free and have a lot more influence on the happenings of the Shadowlands. And if he's breaking free of his chains that he was put there by, or that if he's breaking free of his change, chains of where he was put there by the other four leaders of the zones, then you know this dude's a bit of a bad, you know, a bad apple. But it's basically... Every soul is getting fed into the moor and it's not good. That's what we want to stop. We want to reinvigorate the uh, death, like the machine of death, and get everything working again and stop this uprising pretty much in the moor. So what the moor is, is basically the worst place for every single soul. Like the unredeemable souls that can't even atone for any of their sins in Revendreth pretty much. Uh, and what the Jailer does and what the Moor entails is pretty much just to torture them for eternity. Because they haven't atoned, they don't want to atone, or for whatever reason they can't, that is all they want to do. They want people to suffer and they don't think that they should. But this is what the Moor is. It's a machine of suffering. It's eternal torment for this soul that gets sent into the moor. And for the truly like unredeemable souls, they are sent to Torghast. Now, Torghast is the pinnacle of the moor. If you get sent there, then you really are, have caught the jailer's eye because that is his place to really play with like your emotions and torture you pretty much. So the Torghast is an endless uh, maze of floors that just look to torment people, keep them constantly fighting, exhaust them, drain them mentally. It's basically there to just exhaust people and break them, break them down into pieces until there's nothing left. Think of it as you're going through Wrath of Lich King expansion and you get into Ice Crown and what you're doing is progressing 
up to Ice Crown Citadel to beat that boss right at the top. Like, it's that kind of thing, but it's just eternal, Torghast. There is no stopping it ever. Like, once you're in there, it's forever, unless you are us. <laughs> us players, you know, the Moor Walkers, as we're called, because we can travel in and out of the Moor freely. Or not freely, but you know what I mean. They... <sighs> It's basically a prison for the jailer, the Moor, but in return, it's a prison for every unredeemable soul that is sent down there to be with him. And uh, that's all he does. He extracts the anima, he tortures the souls for that anima just to help his gain. And that is what we are trying to stop with the massive influx of all of the souls going into the Moor right now. So, again, I probably don't do it much justice. The best thing to do is to look up but maybe some YouTube videos on it to go into more detail. I just said more again, and it doesn't sound right in my head, to be honest. These two zones, honestly, are amazing. Aesthetically, the way they play out in the story, the storyline in Maldraxxus especially is very good. Very, very good. And the more is what it is. It is a torture like, it is a torture chamber. You can't mount in there. You get, like, hunted down when you reach a certain rank and, like, he notices you. There's many different things that make them more uninhabitable for you and your players. So, really do, like, take in everything that you're doing within these two zones, especially Maldraxxus, because the storyline and it leading up to, like, Ardenwild, which is the next one, is amazing and it is a great change of pace, by the way. If you don't like the slow and like the brightness of Bastion, this is the complete opposite. It's fast-paced, it's dirty, it's like dirty in a good way. Like you know that it's meant to look like this. But it's a place that you want to fight. It's good for PvPers, in all honesty, because it is just a brawl. There's fights everywhere. You can hear fighting in the background. And yeah, it's just a great zone, pretty much. Again, these two don't have enough lore on them that we know of anyway at the moment where they could have their own standalone podcast. So I might come back to revisit these two zones once we know absolutely everything about them. But that will probably be a while from now as we get more and more information each uh, patch for our WoW. Like, everything will start to click into place. I mean, we didn't know what was happening with Legion until we faced Argus, the Unmaker, which is a planet, by the way, which is a Titan soul, by the way. So, I mean, when you think about Legion, you think, yeah, oh, we'll kill, like, Sargeras or something. You don't think we'll kill Argus, the homeworld of, like, the Draenei or whatever. It's, it can go anyway, pretty much. But I do really enjoy seeing what they come out with in terms of the lore, what happens with the Primus... What happens with the Jailer? Will he break free? Will he not? Etc. So, thank you all very much for listening as always. This is going to be the this is going to be the last law one for Shadowlands until after Christmas. I've got something very special planned for Christmas, but I will pick the Ardenwild and the Revendreth law back up after 
the 25th, which is my next podcast, slap bang on Christmas Day. But until Christmas, I will see you all next week. Hopefully have a good run up to Christmas Day. Don't drink or eat too much food. And I will see you all later. Goodbye, all.